Welcome to episode four of Women of the Wagons. I'm your host, Cass Patterson. Women of the Wagons, where the men aren't the only ones with stories from the wagon trail. This episode brought to you by Western Financial Group. Western Financial Group is a diversified insurance services company that's focused on creating security and has provided over 1 million Canadians the right protection for more than 100 years. When you need insurance for your home, office, farm, or vehicle, call Western Financial Group and visit Western Financial group.ca. I'm excited to bring today's episode. Uh, I got to record it back a couple of weeks ago with someone who she's extremely sweet, extremely kind. We clicked right off the bat. Her name is Courtney Knight. Um, she is married to outrider Casey Knight and she has a lot of stories to tell. Uh, she's been around the chuck wagons since her and Casey got together. So that was 12 years ago. She's been around the CPCA, the WPCA. She just has so much insight. Uh, a fun fact, she has a serious love for the outriding horses. They are like her babies and we'll talk about that more in the podcast. A little bit of a funny story before we get into this podcast. Me and Courtney confused each other when we were talking about her and Casey's new puppy. Um, you'll hear me refer to the puppy as Gaelic. Gaelic is not the name of the dog. Uh, the name of the dog is actually Leary. She's super cute. If you see any of Courtney's pictures, uh, you'll see she's the most adorable puppy there is. Uh, but we refer to her as Gaelic. Now, Gaelic is the language in which Leary's name is spelt. Her name is spelt a little bit differently. It's L-A-O-G-H-A-I-R-E. So it's Leary, spelt a different way. We refer to her as Gaelic. Gaelic is the language that the name comes from. Quick explanation there. But without further ado, let's head over to the Treeline Well Services hotline. Treeline Well Services supplies service rigs to the Western Canadian oil and gas industry. Treeline has established a reputation for providing high-quality crews, equipment, and unparalleled customer service for completion, workovers, and abandonment needs. With a focused approach of managed growth, Treeline has become one of the premier service rig providers in Western Canada. Visit treelinewell.com and make them your first call for all your well servicing solutions. Treeline Well Services, great iron, even better people. And we are on the line with Courtney Knight. Hi, Courtney. Hello, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Good, considering everything going on. <laughs> now, you guys are spending your social distancing or quarantine or whatever you want to call it uh, in Saskatchewan. Yeah, we are. Um, we made that decision. I have been temporarily laid off or my hours have been cut back significantly. I work in interior design and architecture and everything's been put on a standstill and uh, we just felt like it was much easier to be in Saskatchewan at the farm and I don't know, life kind of kind like carried on as usual there. <laughs> we don't see many people anyway, so it's just been a blessing in disguise to be able to go home. And now uh, you are uh, on your parents' farm, if I'm correct. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And Casey's dad, Ross, also just purchased a farm. So they've been really busy getting that set up. They built a new barn and everything like that. So he's been really busy. Me, uh, not so much. <laughs> 
but you have a new puppy. So, I mean, that's yeah. got to keep you somewhat busy. Yeah. And it's really nice to be able to have her out there and with like the farm dogs there, she can learn from too. And yeah, she gets to run around. And now that we're back in Calgary for a few days checking on our house here, she's not too impressed. <laughs> she's like, where did all my friends go? Uh, friends in space. She's just like, this leash thing is stupid. <laughs> Okay, so I guess I'm going to take you way back. <laughs> um, let's start off with your childhood. So okay. you are a country girl. Yes. But you were not raised around the truck wagons. No. Like, my dad's family, he's it was born into a family of 10, and half of them were very much, like, cattle ranchers, into the rodeo scene. Um, my cousin's a fairly well-known bareback rider now and or no saddle bronc I guess but he was not into that kind of thing like my dad so we did have the farm but no cows and we just got to grow up and renting pasture to my uncles and stuff like that and so we didn't have to deal with any of it firsthand but we had it around all the time and I always had horses which was great and my auntie had a lot to do with that like we rode ever since I can remember and nothing competitive or anything like that but when I met Casey I was like oh he likes horses too and then I was like but he's a town kid what the heck (laughs) (laughs) that's actually really funny um so how did you two meet uh we met at a high school dance and I was in grade nine and he was in grade 10 and we danced together and that was that. The rest is history. Yeah, I was 15 and he was 16 and that was it. But yeah, it was kind of fun to grow up together and like thinking back now, it's been 12 years and I don't know, it's wild how time flies. So, okay, you guys, there's a year difference between you two. So you've got to grow up together, but you've also got to grow up by yourself in some senses as He went off to university, and you still were in high school. Yeah, so he actually went and played junior hockey, and he played in Lloydminster for the Bobcats for a year, and that was fine. Uh, But he also moved to Battleford when we were in high school, so that was also long distance. And we were just always under the, like, understanding that we weren't going to hold each other back, and we were going to, like, back each other on whatever goals we wanted to pursue. And I think that just was like a testament to our relationship early on. And like, for both of us, we're kind of like quieter, didn't go out a whole lot, but sports and like academic success was important to both of us. So we really didn't want to hold each other back on that. And so long distance was just part of it. And so he played hockey in Lloydminster and then I graduated, went to school in Calgary. And then he moved to Spruce Grove and then finished hockey there, then moved to Toronto, went to university there while I was still in Calgary. So that was a really long distance, and that one was, that was a tough year, I'm not gonna lie. That one was a little hard, just given like the time zone change and everything like that, and just vastly different lifestyles, like not knowing who we're talking about all the time, and never having met those people, and he had a very like strict schedule with hockey and school, so it was just about making time for each other and then I got into architecture school at U of T and so finally we got to be together and then 
yeah, it just worked out really good. And it was like one of the best times of our lives for sure. We got to meet so many great people there. But the country girl, and I, I know you call him a city boy, but there's a big difference between Toronto and Saskatchewan. <laughs> sound good, I guess I would say. <laughs> <laughs> um, you both go to U of T, you go to Toronto. That is a culture, culture shock in itself. Oh. Man, I thought Calgary was a culture shock, but then going to Toronto, I was just like, this is another level. We lived right downtown. Um, I remember my dad and mom drove us out there with all our stuff to move, and my dad looked at me and goes, you sure you want to do this? I was like, oh, I guess so. Like, <laughs> we're in it now. So You're like, everything's paid. There's a yeah. lease signed. I can't. I got to stay for at least a year. <laughs> Like, and I'm not gonna lie like the first two years were really hard and Case for sure uh flourished quicker than I did but he also had a year ahead of me meeting people and getting to know the city and with a hockey team he had like 25 built-in friends and connections and got to meet more people through them and my class sizes like keep in mind I'm from a town of like 400 people and one of my classes was 800 people and I was just like, this is insane. And how do you meet anyone in that environment? You know, like Toronto is very different than any other city I've lived in. People are very, um, there's a term for it where people are just, you don't look at other people, you don't acknowledge them, you don't make yourself known to others. You just do your own thing. You put your headphones in. You don't make eye contact on the subway. You don't hold doors open for people. You don't say thank you. You definitely don't say hello. People think you're crazy. And like, um, that was just my experience for the first year. And I was very isolating, just coming from a small community. And then finding that in Calgary, I found it really easily here. And so I was a bit like, I don't know if I can stick this out in a sense of like living here long term. But after the first couple of years and getting to meet people through the hockey team and, uh, the varsity community is really close-knit as well so getting to know those people it just like opened my eyes to different communities within Toronto and not everyone is like how I first described there's so many kind like generous people there and you just have to get to know them and it's not like a it's not as like open arm situation as it is out west I feel it's not like when you go to a small town in Saskatchewan and no. you walk into a coffee shop and they're like treat you like you've been there for like your whole right? life. Right? Or people ask where you're from or, oh, you know so-and-so. Well, so do we. Come over for supper. Like that kind of thing just wasn't there right away. But after a bit of time, it was. Like some of our friends from Toronto got to come out for our wedding, which was really, really great. And I think like the reverse happened to them, like the reverse culture shock. <laughs> <laughs> they're like this is insane that you like, can everyone talks to you what <laughs> <laughs> and I think that they really enjoyed it everyone that came out said they had a blast so that just made us even more happy so you guys are in Toronto but you do come back on the sun in the summers yes um during that time I, I can't remember how long ago Casey came over to the WPCA I guess but... eight years it would have been eight years. Okay. Yeah. So it would have been before that, that you, that they were in the CPCA, yes. but your summers all of a sudden became about chuck wagons. Yeah. So that was a 
bit of like, I don't know. It was a weird thing where I was like, I'm all in. I'm going with them all summer. My first summer, because we were in the CPCA, I babysat and I wasn't a barn hand or anything like that. I just babysat kids just to basically be close to Casey and get to see him on the weekends. But it was good. And like my family's very much lake people. So it was a huge adjustment. I was like, holy crap, we are outside in plus 30 in jeans. What is going on? But um, being able to be around horses all the time and like that kind of community was really drawing to me. It was a lot of hard work, but I eventually joined like Ross and Gail's barn crew and they let me come with them for the summers and it was wild. It was a, it was a ton of fun though, like being that young and I never got into like hooking horses. It's never been my forte. I just avoid it but I knew how to saddle and I knew how to wrap legs and stuff like that. I was like, I can do out riding horses. Like out riding horses are my niche. And quite frankly, all my favorite horses are out riding horses. <laughs> I was like, yes, this is awesome. But yeah, it got a little hairy sometimes like when we had two hooks a night and so did Jim, uh, Casey's uncle. We, oh, it was just like constant back and forth. I was so skinny, it was crazy. <laughs> like saddling two horses running to the track waiting for the heat to be done grabbing them coming back taking the saddles off and saddling two more waiting for the next one and then going and repeating it it was just like mayhem but like the best kind of mayhem <laughs> you're like I don't need to work out for a good six months because we are doing all this right yeah Walk me through that. You joined the crew. You joined mm -hmm. being a barn hand. Um, you now are, in a sense, in charge of the outriding horses. Those are your babies. Yeah. Um, you kind of tell everybody, you deal with the wagon <laughs> horses. I'll take these ones. They're my favorite. I'll love them. Yeah. Um, how do you, how, how do you get through those hairy times? How do you work and give the horse the attention it needs? while also doing two to three hooks a night? I think it was just such a team effort as well. Like, even though people were hooking at the same time, I always had someone to like, okay, I'm going to go grab one, meet me outside with the other one. And it was just like a hand off and go kind of thing. And really taught me good multitasking skills and like good team management. And like, we had a good leadership group. Like Casey obviously knew what he was doing and, he started out riding maybe a little later than most, but he obviously was born into it. So he was such a good teacher and he's just like this inherent leader. And I think that's reflected in hockey as well. He's always been like an assistant or a captain and he just like really taught me the ropes and was never like harsh about it. And same with Ross. Ross is always like quite patient about teaching how to do things and like, okay, you did this wrong, do this better next time. Or uh, someone needs water, someone needs more hay, and telling it in a, like, a more gentle manner that it's like, okay, I'll remember that next time, you know, and then, um, it's just about, I don't know, it gets to be a rhythm, I feel like, with wagons, you get in this rhythm of, like, okay, this is our night, we know what hooks we're in, let's do it, and the mornings are, like, relaxing a little bit for me, I, I'm a really big morning chore person, I love morning chores especially if it's kind of rainy out I'm a little weird that way but I love like getting bundled up and like going outside having a coffee and like letting the horses out and get, letting them buck and run around and 
taking our time a little bit to do chores. We're a little slower than most crews, I think, but <laughs> we're getting better now. They have a lot more hands. So yeah, no, it was definitely a, a rhythm thing and a teamwork thing and multitasking. I can't say that enough. <laughs> like you really learn how to multitask and uh, also get to know like the horse's personalities. Like, you know, when someone's off, which was really cool. So when you guys went to Toronto and you came back for the summers, they were on the WPCA by that point. Is that correct? Yeah. So that in itself is an entirely, not an entirely different world, but it is a different routine. Yeah. And I, by then I had taken a bit of a step back from um, being part of the barn crew. I was really busy with my own like career and work because I had like summer is really busy for construction with architecture and interior design. So I was really busy working during the weeks and I'd get to go to the shows close to where I was located, which is usually Calgary. So I had like Strathmore, High River, Pinoca and Stampede. But other than that, maybe Rocky Mountain House a lot of time. So it was kind of hard at first to like go and they have hired crew and like I'd want to join in and like help. But then like consciously having to be like, you know what, like they're here, they know what they're doing, they're in their rhythm, you know, and I don't want to mess that up. So I kind of just was like, I can pick stalls in the morning or I can sleep in. <laughs> like it was kind of a weird adjustment at first. And it, I'm not going to lie, I'm a bit like driven that way. Like I like to help and I like to do things. So to not be like hands on all the time was a bit tough, but I just can't like say enough how much I appreciate everyone and what they do around there no that that makes sense and you you've even told me that you like to like be right in there and like helping and doing like not controlling but you like being able to know what's going on so that for you had to be a new hurdle that you had to get through it was interesting but I think being able to focus more on like Casey's rides and stuff was an neat benefit because I wasn't taking out riding horses over to the gate now and I could actually watch all of his heats because he was riding every nine by then and I was like okay this is all right like I I appreciate being able to support him in this way instead of like bringing him his horse that's really cool and and it's it's a cool a cool evolution almost of your relationship too because you went from being the person who was giving him his horses to now you got to be his support system on the sidelines. Yeah. And now has he got you doing video play by play yet? Like, does he make you record his rides? (laughs) No. Um, Carly, like his sister is way better at videotaping than I am. And I'm just like, I, I'm too like focused on him. And I'm just like, I'm not even thinking about videotaping, but no, he hasn't asked yet anyway. (laughs) And now he's going to ask like in the next year or so and you're going to sit there and be like, calf. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, Let's get a little bit deeper into your career because Mm. I mean, I'm really intrigued by it. Um, You went into architecture and design. What made you go through for that and what was kind of the process to do that? So interesting enough, growing up, I always wanted to be a vet and I always loved animals, and I loved science, but I was also, like, very much into art, and I loved art, so I was looking at career paths, and what I wanted to do, and I just decided, like, art makes me the happiest, 
So architecture in itself is an art form in a, a three-dimensional sense. So being able to do that and going to U of C my first year, I got a taste of it and I was like, okay, this isn't focused enough. So I switched over to SAIT and I took my architectural technologies diploma. And from there, I was like, okay, yes, this is what I want to do. It's interesting. I'm like constantly engaged in it. And I love to see the process of how things can go from your mind to paper and paper to physicality and reality and be able to walk through a space that you've imagined in your mind. It was just something like super fulfilling to me. So then being able to progress from a technologist to university to complete my degree um, I was able to double major in art and architectural design so I was also able to refine my artistic skills in painting and sculpting and printmaking and I think those kinds of things come in a lot in interior design so those two things overlapped a lot for me and I've been able to like really put those things to use and like in discussing form and function which is a lot of what architecture is and funny enough like that's come into play with like designing the barn and like how things are going to go together and like what makes sense to like stabilize these stalls or what's the best like um like configuration to get the most optimal uh space requirement we need so that kind of thing is really interesting and i've got to really delve into some really cool projects we just finished a restaurant in toronto a couple months ago and we got to go see that in person when we were visiting friends out there when Casey was there for an alumni tournament and I built a cabin for my parents and designed that from scratch and it's just been like this uh, like progressing thing that just like I can't get enough of so I'm super sad that I'm not busy right now like I crave it. <laughs> It, it, it's not your high, but it's your addiction. It's what it, it what oh. fulfills you. Fulfills you. And it's a funny thing. Everyone, like not everyone, but so many people are like, does anyone truly like to go to work? And it's something that like, if I could do it every day and just be able to like touch samples and put things together and like see someone's face light up when that like you understand their vision. And that's the other thing I really enjoy is like working with people and getting to like really hone in on what they want or what they visualize in their mind and bringing it to reality is like the most fulfilling thing. That's really cool. Thanks. <laughs> that's really, really cool. So, I mean, you've got to see this really cool progression in yourself, in Casey, and in this crazy world we call check wagon racing. Mm-hmm what do you think is the main progression you've seen kind of in the whole family sport dynamic when it comes to Chuck Wiggins? Hmm. I feel like everyone just because in the WPCA in particular shows are so much further away. So that crew that you have on the road with you, like truly becomes your family. And like, you see that, like we have younger barn hands and like, those are Ross and Gail's new kids. Like they care about them so much. And so does Casey. Like Case has become like, was on the road therapist for like teenagers. It seems like they're always in our camper. Um, we love them, but <laughs> um, 
yeah, it's really nice to be able to like have those niche people and same with like the community of like all the other wives and girlfriends and uh, the other drivers and outriders. Like we're really close with Rory and Jamie and we've known them since we were in the CPCA and just getting to see them and like their new little girls come on the road and like how that like progresses too and how that kind of changes the dynamic and like nap times and trying to figure out that like cycle and like still be able to visit with each other and lean on each other when like things kind of hit the wall on a bad night or something like that. It's just really nice to have that support system. Now I don't think either of them would ever admit it but is there ever like when they get into that outriding mindset do Rory and Casey almost have that little bit of competitiveness against each other? I'm not sure honestly. I think like Rory's such a good mentor in general like he's such a talented rider and it's maybe like nearing the end when like the world championship title is up for grabs and they're so tight in points it might get a little bit competitive but it's it's unspoken for sure and I don't think it's ever like a real thing like they both are they're they're rooting for each other it's more of a team I feel like it's really cool to watch the standings between the two of them because yeah it's like literally like one night one's on top the other night the other it's like yeah it's wild it's funny to watch um so you were planning a wedding Mm -hmm. this past summer plus Casey's on the road yeah (laughs) plus you're working plus the weddings in Saskatchewan and you're in Calgary yeah it was interesting that, that sounds like a bit of a busy summer for you. <laughs> it was good, though. I can't deny, like, my mom was such a big help, and she just, like, she's a planner, too, and she has a keen eye for design, and I definitely get a lot of that from her, but she knew what I wanted, and she was there to help me, like, deal with vendors and stuff in Saskatchewan and make sure things were going according to plan, and all of the vendors I had, and Honestly, the best money we spent was on a wedding planner, and she was, like, insanely helpful. Like, we showed up the day of the wedding, and I didn't – all I showed her was pictures off Pinterest. We showed up at the venue, and it was, like, literally exactly what I pictured. And I was like, oh, you took a lot of stress off. It was just mostly, like, trying to make sure we had everything we need the week before the date. But Casey's, like, so laid back about everything, and he's like, well, you know what I like, just – do whatever you want. <laughs> okay. Sounds good. As long as you're there, that's all I need. <laughs> you're like, thank you for your help. Okay. I'll just, I'll run with it. Sounds good yeah. to me. Yeah. He's like, I'll be happy with whatever. As long as you're there and I'm there. That's it. It's like, that's true. And we really wanted a small wedding. Um, that didn't happen, but that's a small town. <laughs> it was a blast anyway. So uh that's a small town and a small sports world and yeah Yeah. exactly (laughs) like hockey and chuck wagon somehow seem to be like the most close-knit things and everyone just shows up for you which is such a blessing and then you guys went on a trip which Mm -hmm. was really cool yeah no that was an incredible trip and we were very lucky to be able to do that and we had the time to do so and was wagons just finished we both graduated university and we didn't own a house or vehicles or anything like that that needed payments on and so yeah we took off for three months and backpacked all over the place now I don't think I've ever heard this story 
how did you guys get engaged? Okay, so <laughs> um, we went to Scotland and that was our uh, fourth place, like fourth country we went to. And Casey in like July had booked this Airbnb and it was on this little island called the Isle of Carrera. And it was off the coast of Oban, which is on the northwestern side of Scotland. And it was this little trailer that was built into a hillside and had a green roof and it was overlooking the ocean. And he was amped about this damn caravan in this hillside. I was like, okay, yeah, it looks cool. Let's go. And there's an abandoned castle on that island and kept talking about this abandoned castle and how we really needed to go there. And I was like, I don't think we should be going to this abandoned castle. <laughs> and I kind of dropped it, whatever. We ended up getting there and settled in and everything. And the next, and that night he goes, well, we should go and see the castle. And I'm like, no, we're not going to see this damn castle. Like it's condemned. We're going to fall through the floor or something. We probably shouldn't be in it. Like it's ruins. Right. And he's like, no, we should really go. I'm like, no, we're not going. <laughs> and uh, he goes, well, why don't we wake up and watch the sunrise? There was this bench on a cliff. And he's like, we'll walk up to that bench and we'll go and see the sunrise. And I was like, okay, yeah, that sounds fine. And little did we know that there was a triathlon happening on that island that weekend. So he's like, I want to get up there before there's a bunch of people around. And he's like, then let's go look at this castle. I'm like, no, we're not going to the castle. Like we can see it from afar. Whatever. He dropped the issue. And the next morning he was up super early and like, let me sleep in a little bit, which was nice. We get up start walking and like I'm someone who needs to eat as soon as I wake up <laughs> and I'm like crusty and like cranky and we're walking and it's just little sheep trails all over this island and it wise to go either up to the cliff or to the castle and he's speed walking and I'm getting more and more ticked off and I'm like can you slow down like what is your deal like slow down and then He's like, well, let's just go to the castle before people get there. I'm like, you told me we're going to the damn cliff. Like, why aren't we going to the cliff? And he's like, let's just go to the castle. I'm like, fine, let's go. <laughs> and I'm just being cranky. And we finally get there and there's a sign. And apparently one of the clans had actually uh, refurbished it and like got it in a really good state so that you could walk through the castle. He keeps looking up and I'm like, what? And like actually cranky at this point. <laughs> And he's like, are you coming in? I was like, you want me to read about the damn castle? I'm here. I'm reading it. Like, what do you want from me? And he's like, just come in. I'm like, oh, okay, I'll come in. So then I get there. I can't open the door. He, he comes down and we're walking up the spiral staircase and the sun's just coming up over the ocean. And it's like all this really light and it's cold and like kind of damp. And he's like, go stand over at that window. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it's called the gate. And I was like, the gate? What are you talking about? And he goes, yeah, it, that's where the kings would stand. I was like, I think you're talking about the Oriole window where they dump tar on their victims. And he's like, nope, wrong window. Go stand over at that window. <laughs> and he's trying to be very like romantic, right? And then I'm standing at this window looking out at the ocean and it's like the most perfect morning I think they've ever had in Scotland in like a couple years no rain no clouds the sun was like beaming over the ocean and he goes okay just take a deep breath look out and 
think about your future. And I turn, and I'm like, are you proposing to me? And he's on one knee. I was like, oh my God, you actually are. <laughs> and I said, I'm so sorry. He's like, don't say sorry. Like, will you marry me? I said, of course I'll marry you. <laughs> that was that. And then we just had like the best day hiking and enjoying the sun because it rained almost every day after that. <laughs> You're like, okay, you're trying to do something nice, but I'm not oh, having it. I just it. watched it. I was like, had you fed me a piece of toast before, I might have been a little better. <laughs> that's funny, but that's super sweet and cute. Oh, yeah, and that place just will always have, like, such a special place in our heart, and uh, we want to go back sometime, for sure. You're like, the castle that I didn't want to go to now right? is one of my favorite places. Yeah, little did we know. <laughs> You guys, it's just amazing, like, even just talking, like, how just how you've grown as individuals, but also as a couple, and how you've had so many amazing adventures together, mm-hmm. from traveling to Toronto to, like, I'm moving to Calgary, plus the truck wagons, plus high school, like, that's just really cool. Yeah, it's crazy how life goes. It's, I'm really, really fortunate to have him, and get to be a part of trucks and stuff like that. It's not something I ever thought would be such a big part of my life, but it definitely is. So, yeah. Now, what made you guys decide to get a puppy on the coldest day of the year? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we uh, really wanted a German, German short-haired pointer. Um, I looked into the breed. We're pretty avid hikers. And since moving to Calgary, we're like, we don't want a small dog that can't come with us. And we don't want too big of a dog that's uh, not going to be energetic enough. I really wanted a Great Dane, like my whole life. I was like, they just are not built for hikes. So found this breed and I really want a black one, which is quite rare for them. They are usually brown. And there's a breeder in Red Deer having a litter. And I was like, screw it. If you're going to be on the road all summer and I'm going to be alone for five months, like I need a dog. He's like, okay, yeah, let's get a puppy. So we got her. She was born end of November and we got her end of January and it was minus 45. The poor little baby was like, she doesn't have much hair to begin with. And she just cried all the time. I was like, honestly, just pee inside for as long as you want. I don't care. Like it's too cold. And we'd have to put, like, boots on her and, like, a coat, and she would still just, like, shake. And to this day, like, she has to bury herself under a bunch of blankets to sleep. Like, she has never really known warmth in her life until this past couple days. (laughs) No, she's a really unique name. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's Gaelic, and it's a really messed up spelling and we definitely said it wrong for the longest time, but we got it from the show Outlander. (laughs) Uh, I really liked it and she, it suits her. She's kind of a little brat, so. (laughs) Oh, her and Tinkerbell would get along then. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So this is, this is the part of the interview that I don't think you were so excited about, but we're going to do it anyway. (laughs) Let's do it. Um, so it's Venus versus Mars. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions and then you're either going to say yourself or Casey and, uh, we're going to kind of just see, um, where this goes. Sweet. Sounds good. So let's start with who 
is the most likely to kind of just like be stubborn and not move from their thoughts? Oh, I'm like super stubborn, but Case is really good at the silent treatment. So like eventually, like even if I mess up and then am mad at him or vice versa and he gives me a silent treatment, like I usually apologize or whatever. And then like, he's more stubborn in that sense, but I'm more stubborn in how I want things done. So I guess it's a tie. <laughs> Who's most likely to apologize? Me, 100%. 100%. But usually once I say sorry, then he'll say sorry and be like, yeah, we were both being dumb. Like that, that was a confrontation that didn't need to happen. But those are far and few between, so I can't really complain. Uh, I guess that kind of answers like who's who's more likely to start a fight and who would end a fight. Yeah, it's a silent treatment. Gets me every time. (laughs) <laughs> and you've now just admitted it on the podcast so you're just gonna yeah. be like huh good to know I'm slowly getting better at it though slowly I'm like yeah that's a good tactic who's the better cook me but case makes mean shrimp tacos he's really good at shrimp tacos good to know yeah if I ever am like needing friends to hang out with I'll just send you a text just and pop like, over yeah in case they make shrimp tacos I'll bring wine or beer <laughs> deal who is more patient with Gaelic mm. I'd say me I'm with her more though I'm definitely with her more so uh she I think is more attached to me and she listens better to me so his patience runs a little bit thin like when she won't come right away and I'm like just keep saying it it's okay (laughs) she's also only five months old so she's learning who's the better driver Mm, Casey's driving records better than mine (laughs) (laughs) you know Uh, that almost answers who's most likely to get a ticket too okay yeah probably me um (laughs) I am better with directions though like, I'm better at knowing where we're going, but he's a, probably a better driver. I'm not bad, though. <laughs> um, I, I mean, you said that you guys met at a school dance, but who asked who out? He asked me out. Yeah, it's kind of a cute story. I was sitting on the top of my treehouse, and I had just had a long conversation with my dad about being able to date. Because I technically wasn't allowed to date till I was 16, but he made an exception for Casey. And so I called Casey from the top of my treehouse. <laughs> he was watching an uh, old hockey video of him playing in Midget AA. And he was watching this while we were on the phone. And he said, Okay, well, do you want to be my girlfriend? And I said, Yep. <laughs> and that was that. And he actually gave me that DVD of what he was watching when he asked me out. He gave that to me on the morning of our wedding. Oh. Yeah. Okay, he's winning, like, romance points here, left, right, and center. (laughs) He's very romantic. Uh, Casey, I might have just, like, put this out there that you're going to have to start teaching guys how to be romantic. (laughs) You said you were both very into sports. Who was more competitive? Mm. I... 
I think I'm more competitive in nature in general. Like I'm, yeah, it doesn't matter what we're doing. I'm slightly more competitive, but my sister's always been like a really good athlete. So I think I, it was just like born into me to always be like competing with someone. <laughs> but he played at a higher competitive level than I ever did. So is it safe to play games at your house or like oh. does, does that does that increase the tension? Like Scrabble's pretty intense. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I'm pretty competitive with board games. That's funny. <laughs> Trying to get better about that. <laughs> Who needs to? Last one. Who is better at practical jokes? Mm, him. Uh, we're both like we both have dry humor, and he consistently says like I'm not funny, but I'm kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> I just have very very dry humor and a lot of people don't get it but practical jokes wise I guess like does scaring count because I scare him all the time and he hates it <laughs> I mean I'd count that that's freaking funny in my opinion <laughs> <That may be. laughs> um so we ask everybody this and that's just because I mean the horses make the sport the horses mm -hmm. are the whole reason we have chuck wagon racing 100% who are your favorite horses? Do you have a favorite? Okay, so I have three retired outrun horses at my parents' farm right now. And my favorite ever since I met Casey has been Tyson. And he's this little tiny bay outrun horse. He's super stubborn, has so much attitude, has the nicest, thickest mane and tail I've ever seen in my life. But him and I just like clicked right away and something about him like, I'm going to be very sad when the day comes that he's no longer here, but he's getting up there in age and I'm really glad that I got to keep him. And then the other one currently that we have in the barn is another outriding horse and his name's Mojo. Same thing, just sassy, has a ton of attitude, but he's super cute and he's this little sorrel and yeah, he's just got a lot of, a lot of get up and go in him. But for wagon horses too, I really like, we have a big, horse named Phil and he's just a puppy yeah so you like the trouble horses is what you're telling me they're a little sassy and I don't know why I like them because <laughs> if I ever had to ride them I probably wouldn't like it <laughs> um that's awesome thank you so much for doing this I'm oh, really excited true. yeah that was great Thank you so much to Courtney for joining us on the Treeline Well Services Hotline uh, for just spending 45 minutes talking to me. There was a lot of great stuff there. Um, she's just so sweet. Again, I can't even explain how sweet she was. This was just an episode that was really easy to put together because we clicked. We just were able to have these conversations. And like we've talked about on After the Ninth, Dayton and I, that's the beauty about podcasting is you are able to have these conversations. You're able to bring these stories to light, but you also get to connect with people. You get to connect with a variety of people and share a variety of stories. And during this time, I consider myself extremely lucky to be able to keep connecting with all these amazing women because they are uh, they're they're a brightness for me during this time, and uh, I just I am so happy to be able to have this medium and to share these stories with our listeners, but also to just keep connecting with people because 
I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm a people person. I mean, I'm standing here talking to a microphone and I'm thinking, well, this is not as easy as when I do it with Dayton because it's just, it's easier to have someone to bounce ideas off of and it's easier to have someone to talk to. So thank you for Courtney and the rest of the women who come on Women of the Wagons. Again, this episode, uh, the hotline is brought to you by Treeline Wall Services. Treeline Wall Services supplies service rigs to the Western Canadian oil and gas industry Treeline has established a reputation for providing high-quality crews, equipment, and unparalleled customer service for completion, workovers, and abandonment needs. With a focused approach of managed growth, Treeline has become one of the premier service rig providers in Western Canada. Visit treelinewell.com and make them your first call for all your well servicing solutions. Treeline Well Services. Great iron, even better people. Um... Really, there's not a whole lot to unpack from that interview. Courtney is extremely well-spoken. She was able to tell all these stories. Um, I I find it entertaining that, you know, I think she was right when we talked about it. She threw herself under the bus more than she threw Casey under the bus. However, Casey might have been thrown under the bus when it came to the silent treatment thing. A little bit, quite possibly. But, you know, it's all good. Um... That is it for episode four of Women of the Wagons. Next week, we have a really exciting episode to bring you. Um, I'm going to talk to Katie Lucas. If you don't know who she is, you will find out. And of course, if you're wanting more Chuck Wagon content, if you're wanting to scratch that Chuck Wagon itch, as this weekend technically would be the start of the 2020 Chuck Wagon season, uh, go and head over and check out After the Ninth, your Insider Chuck Wagon podcast, hosted by myself and Dayton Sutherland. I slightly lied last week. I apologize. We were supposed to have a new episode coming out. Uh, it was a different type of episode for us. But unfortunately, technology got the best of me, and uh, we're, we will have it out in the next week. That, that is my goal. There will be a new uh, After the Ninth content uh, being sent out within the next week. I'm excited for it. Uh, I know Dayton's excited for it, so keep an eye out for that. But we do have seven really awesome episodes out there, so if you haven't listened to them yet, go check them out. And of course, you have Outside the Wagon, your backstage pass to the WPCA, which is hosted by Brian Hebson. Uh, Outside the Wagon this week, Brian talked to Mitch Sutherland. They talked about a whole variety of things from COVID-19 to Mitch's football days to chuck wagon racing to how Mitch uh, almost was an outrider, but wasn't an outrider. Tune in for that story. That one was actually kind of interesting to me. Um, but yeah, so a whole lot was uh, talked about in that interview as well. Of course, you can follow us on social media for After the Ninth. We're on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, afterthenineth.com. Uh, and then you can also follow the WPCA, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and head over to the WPCA.com for all the latest uh, news and updates and everything happening there. I'm excited to bring next week's episode to you. Thank you for listening to this week. And until next time, I'm Cass Patterson. And throw me the key.